Good morning. Welcome to 15 Minutes of Sane. I'm your host, Nicole. Today, I want to talk about grief. And, you know, so many people are in the throes of grief, struggling with how they're going to make it, um, you know, coming to terms with this is not the life they had planned. This is not, was not part of their goal, was not uh, something they were expecting. I mean, we are a society made up of people who always think it happens to somebody else. It doesn't happen to you. And then there's, you know, the misnomer that, you know, because you're a good person or because you were a good wife or a good husband, you know, things don't happen to you. Um, you know, whether it's death or divorce or a loss of a dream, or even, uh, you go through grief, loss of a, of, of a loved one through Alzheimer's because that person that you knew that you could relate to, that you could have a conversation with, isn't there anymore. They're physically there and you might grow and develop a new relationship with them, but that back and forth banter, they're not capable of that anymore. And so you should be allowed to grieve that loss. But whatever the loss was, you are entitled to feel all the things. Uh, You know, there's no time limit. People, you know, um, I've heard say, oh, they should be over that by now, or they should be moving past that. But their grief isn't about counting days. It's a process and everybody's process is different. You know, a very good friend of ours, um, you know, she's one of my best friends. Her husband died. And yes, we did know it was coming despite the prayers that were being said over and over and over and all the efforts and uh, all the willingness to give up anything and everything for it not to happen. It was happening and it happened and she's left with that. And, you know, it's been a year and a little bit, but it's not, it's, it's like it was yesterday and it was like it was 10 years ago. Sometimes, you know, she may feel doubled over with the pain of the loss, um, you know, from, you know, now summertime is here and ice cream was one of Carrie's most favorite indulgences. And so I imagine getting ice cream can sometimes be triggering, even if it is something sweet and yummy and a choice to stop. But it doesn't mean that, you know, getting it isn't going to make you wish and reminisce and mourn the loss. And, um, his birthday was a couple days ago and, you know, everybody was posting pictures of, you know, memories of him. And he was such a funny guy. Um, he was injury prone, uh, and he had fallen while he was on the treadmill and me being me, I mailed him a bubble suit because I wanted to keep him safe from himself. And the man was so funny. He put it on and wore it on the treadmill for the next time. He didn't care what anybody thought. I mean, he's just that kind of a guy, just authentic and funny and real. And so I imagine that getting over it 
doesn't happen and it, getting over it isn't like, okay, well, it's been a year now, it's time. I imagine that that loss is so profound and so significant for his children and his grandchildren and his wife and his siblings that, you know, it literally rocked their world. So how do you put your world back on its axis? You know, you have to be allowed to mourn. Um, and yes, through grief, beauty can bloom. You find an inner strength in yourself. Uh, my uh, sister-in-law lost her husband as well. And, you know, it's coming up on an anniversary of his death uh, of two years. And, you know, again, um, things that you never thought you would be doing, you're doing. Like, you're still here, so you still have to put your big girl and big boy panties on and do all the things. But you still are feeling all the feels and struggling. And I just um, want to say take all the time you need. Be allowed to be sad. Allow people the room to grieve, to mourn, to be angry at this is the lot that they have been dealt in life. But that doesn't mean they're not lifting their hands up in praise saying, thank you, Jesus. Because through faith, they know there's more to come. They know that even though this was not part of their plan, it is part of his plan and his plan is right. And so, you know, while we're going through that and while we're wondering, you know, what to do, how to feel, what to say, I think one of the things that I am learning, and I'm not an expert, I put my pants on one leg at a time like everybody else. But I think allowing them to be angry, to be depressed, to come to terms with, you know, accepting what is, um, but on their time, not yours, not what some book says, um, and loving them through that is one of the most authentic ways you can be a friend. And I think that that is probably more important than a card or flowers or whatever. Um, Because, you know, when you show up for them um, without the expectation that they should do something for you that they should be prepared to entertain is probably one of the realest ways to express a relationship and you know to do the things that you would want done for you you know it's kind of like um you know when you're sick you don't want to cook you don't want to clean you don't want to do Um, and so when people just do for you, it's like, oh, relief. Thank you. And, you know, obviously sickness is in no way compares to grief, but that grief could be the loss of a dream. Even, um, you know, if you had always planned to 
Um, you build your forever home and your dream home and it goes up in smoke from whatever reason that there's going to be a period of mourning, a period of loss, a period of anger. There are things that can never be rebought, pictures and things like that, that can never be remade. And I think that we forget because as a society, we're an immediate gratification society. We think that, well, you can just go build it again or buy it again, but that dream is gone, that you have to do something different now. And it takes time to accept that that isn't what it was, that you're not going to get the life. And it doesn't mean that the life you're going to get is deficient or missing um, or less than. It's different. And it takes time to accept that life. Um, you know, my sister-in-law, uh, she's done a, a bang-up job of being just real with family, with herself, doing what she needs to do. And, you know, part of um, what you need to do when you're going through grief and managing grief is to practice the three C's, choose, connect, and communicate. Choose what's best for you, even during dark bouts of grief. Um, you know, because grief gives you a sense of where you've lost control over your life. So by choosing, you're regaining that control. You are purposeful about what you will and what you will not do. And you need to do that unapologetically. Um, and then, you know, connect, connect with people who can relate, connect with people who understand, connect with people with experience, because, you know, you might not be able to put your grief into words, but they can share their words and maybe you can relate to them. And maybe that will help you to know where to look for the next little bit of help, which leads to communicate, put your needs out there, say what you need so that people know how to help. Because I think innately people want to be a help. People want to love you through the valley. Um, and I, I think it's a privilege to get to walk with someone as they're navigating their new life, their new normal, even if it's not one they wanted. Um, if they trust you enough to let you in, to let you walk that walk with them, I think that says so much about your relationship and your character that they would want you with them in their darkest hours that I think, um, you know, when you communicate what you need, it allows people to know how they can help you, what they can do. Um, you know, one thing I learned recently, um, you know, I'm in charge of a, what we call a care team at our church. And, um, I, you know, recently we, we had to gift a family, bless a family with meals, but it wasn't really a help to them that they were getting such large donations of meals and food because they really weren't eating. They really weren't that hungry. They were just kind of grazing to get through the day. Um, and so it really wasn't a help 
what was a help was when we, you know, brought little charcuteries and things because then they could eat a little cracker or eat a little fruit or eat a little veggie stick and not feel like they were wasting food or feeling guilty and, you know, all the things. But when the those going through the process communicate with you, one of the three C's, what their needs really are, honor that. And even if they say their need is time, their need is space, their need is a hug, give it whatever it is, because tomorrow it could be us, any one of us, no, nobody's promised tomorrow. And so because of that, you know, what I've been taking the time to observe and learn is it's okay that everybody's road, everybody's trip, everybody's journey looks a little different. None of it looks like textbook and all of it is right. Even if they're still laughing and cracking a joke and having a good time, it's right. I remember one of the most cathartic things for me, I had never lost anybody I loved. Um, and my mother-in-law died and she was one of my most favorite people. And she always treated me with the utmost love and respect. But um, she had a lot of little things about her that were quite funny if you knew her. And one of the things we used to do was just laugh. When she was here, we would laugh with her at her because she was kind of quirky with some things. But when, uh, when, when she was gone, those memories, those moments of laughter um, brought such relief to the process. It doesn't mean we weren't mourning her loss. In fact, it took me years to put up a Christmas tree again because uh, I just couldn't do it. it. It was about seven years, in fact. But, you know, everybody's grief looks different and everybody's healing looks different. And so today I want to challenge the listeners to Put your listening cap on and hear what is being said. Don't wait to be asked. Just do, because if they're speaking their need, just do it. Because you you yourself aren't going to ask for help. So why wait for them to ask if they are saying they, they need their lawn mowed and they're, you know, lamenting about it, go mow the lawn or you know, help with groceries, um, or meal prep or whatever, um, encouragement, uh, letting you know, we're thinking of you text. There's all kinds of things you can do to be a help and be a support. And, um, I just felt like, you know, while we're going through that season in life, um, that it would be a nice reminder to everybody. Uh, and I want to encourage everybody to read Isaiah 6130 in your spare time. And that will help you as well. We're a little over 15 minutes today, but it was a good topic and well worth the extra couple minutes. Um, but I want you to feel good about yourself. Make today so awesome that tomorrow gets jealous. Have a good one, everybody.